Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for coming along for the ride. I've got nothing to plug. I'm not going to plug anything. I'm all done. I've no show. Well, I do have shows coming up, but you don't need to know about it. I'm just happy to be here in Edinburgh, sitting in my weird student flat again. I fucking hell, the place is a bit of a mess, to be honest with you. Got Pringles on the desk and Satsumas on my bed, and fucking yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a. It looks like a student apartment, to be fair. But I'm done. I'm done. I finally got there. I got, even though it wasn't that big of a deal in comparison to what all the other comedians are doing at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I did my four shows in the Gilded Balloon. And uh, I'm so glad I did it. I'm so glad I did it this way, to be honest with you. This is my first time ever coming over here to experience the Fringe and all that and and seeing how it works and everything. And uh, I'm so glad that I did it this way. Pick up, Just do four nights and see how it goes and pick a room for next year. And what am I going to do for next year? And blah, 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 blah. I'm genuinely uh, delighted that, uh, that I did it this way. Um, and I had a great time. And th- genuinely, thank you to everybody who spread the word about my show. Um, the last night it was like pretty much full, which I was delighted about. It's like it was, it was quite a big room actually. It's a ninety seater, so it's a it's a big room for somebody of my status at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Um, first time over and only doing four nights. That's a that's a big enough room, especially with thousands of other shows going on. But um, yeah, I had a really full room on the last night. Quieter nights on the earlier nights, but still great crowds. Really enjoyed doing the shows. And uh, it's been a brilliant experience. Uh, I got to see all the other Irish comics as well. Um, so they're all going to be there for the whole of August. Um, you've got Aidan Green's show, Did I Stutter, which is on at half nine in the wee room in the Gilded Balloon. Um, I think Aidan on Instagram is Greenscreen. Um, it's, a, his, it's at Greenscreen, yeah. Brilliant show. Uh, I saw Kevin McGahern, who's actually over for his first Edinburgh Fringe. I couldn't believe it's his first Edinburgh Fringe because he's a comic a long time. Uh, you know Kevin McGahern from Hardy Books and Republican Telly and stuff like that. So uh, Kevin is over in the underbelly at half past ten for the whole month, I'm pretty sure. Um, oh, there I got. A, I just got a tweet about doing... Yes, I'm going to be on the stand tonight. That's right. I'm doing the Best of Irish show on the stand tonight. Looking forward to that. Um, who else did I see? Alison Spittle's show is on at half past five in Gilded Balloon. I can't remember the name of the 
the actual room that it's in, but it's Alison Spittle, Mother of God. Brilliant show. I saw Joanne McNally yesterday as well. Her show, The Prosecco Express, is on at 25 past 6 in the assembly rooms. Um, and Neil Delamere, as ever, uh, I saw that show as well last night. End of Watch is on in the Gilded Balloon. Brilliant show on at half 7 um, in the billiards room, I think. Um, but that's a brilliant show as well. Uh, as it says on his poster, Neil is one lean, mean, comedy killer machine. Uh, brilliant show. It was like bang, 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 bang for a whole hour. It was great. Um, and this afternoon as well, because I'm recording this on, I think today's Monday, is it? Yeah, today's Monday. I just saw Seymour Mace. Um, I'm sure most people would not have heard of Seymour Mace because uh, you can't see him on TV or nothing. And he's not, he's not mainstream at all. He's a, a, what's called an, an alternative comic. Um, but he was class. I just saw him today at half past one. And the way I, I got into him was I heard him on an interview on a podcast from four or five years ago. And if you put Seymour Mace into YouTube, there's one of my favorite comedy bits ever. Uh, the, my favorite opening line ever um, is uh, him doing like an eight minute set on, on Dave. Do you remember that comedy channel, Dave? Or maybe it's still going. I don't know. But anyway, he does a really funny eight minutes on that um, about uh, animals and no on the ark and all this kind of stuff. Very funny. So I saw his show today. Fascinating. The name of the show is, so if you if you want to look him up, Seymour Mace is his name. And Seymour is spelled S-E-Y-M-O-U-R and Mace, as in the shop, M-A-C-E. And his show is called Seymour Mace is my name, climb up my nose and sit in my brain. <laughs> Um, it's crazy. It's I. It's I don't know if you call it a stand-up show, but it's it was brilliant. Um, he had he was doing like puppetry. He brought on stage some stuff that he made uh, in his ceramics class because he goes to um, he goes to a, an artist studio for artists with mental health issues. So that's where he goes all the time to kind of um, him and loads of other artists to kind of work through their mental health stuff. So he was uh, doing some of that on stage, and there was all sorts of brilliant stuff. I'm not going to give any more of it away, to be honest with you, but there's all sorts of dancing and other bits of shows within the show and blah, blah. So it was fantastic. And the Edinburgh Fringe Festival is brilliant. I've always been quite... I visited over the past couple of years. I've been quite, quite intimidated by the whole thing, to be honest with you. It's like, you know, it's fucking intense. There's shows going on all the time, everywhere you walk. Someone's trying to hand you a flyer for something. Um but then when you actually go and see the shows, you can just go and see that, ah, oh, it's just people trying out, trying to make stuff and trying to get shit done, you know, and it's kind of cool. Um, and you don't know what you're going to expect. And loads of people came to my show on the Saturday night that hadn't a clue what it was about. Um, they just saw a listing, saw the name, saw, like, what's on now? Okay, let's go see this. Um, so thanks to everybody who did come. Um, shout out to the American family. I think they were a family who were from Baltimore and Boston, Massachusetts, uh, on Saturday night as well, who were really kind and hung around over the show. Thank you for all the lovely messages, and thanks to every, January, thank you to everybody who did come to the show. I'm delighted to be saying that I've just hung around here for an extra couple of days. I have to do a couple of compilation gigs, like I'm doing the Best of Irish in the stand tonight, and doing, you know, you just do 10, 15 minutes here or there, different spots at different shows, and that's great crack as well. Um, but delighted to be going home to my family. I miss my daughter a lot. This was good practice for that as well to um to see what it's going to be like being away from home for a, an extended period of time. And it's definitely, thank God for FaceTime, that's for sure, but it's difficult. If I'm going to do the whole month next year, we've got to see... Uh, We've got to see how, we could, how we'd work that one out. Jesus, I don't know. Any suggestions? Anyone live in Edinburgh willing to put up a, a small family of three for next uh, August 2020? 
Anyway, is there a World Cup next year? 2016? Maybe not. I don't know why I'm thinking about that now. <laughs> Fuck, it'd be shit to be doing a fringe festival when there's a World Cup on. Anyway, or maybe not. It might be a good crack. Thanks so much to everybody for all the love and support. The Irish tour is happening soon. There's an Irish tour of Son of a Preacher Man going to start in the autumn. Anyway, we're going to do a bit of it in the autumn. I don't know if we'll do the whole thing in the autumn or not. But uh, I'm going to tour that round a bit, see how, uh, see how many other places I can get that show to and see how many other people want to see it. And then I am going to write... Well, I'm going to be starting to write a new show anyway. Now, fuck it. Being in Edinburgh has inspired me to do that. Don't know what it's going to be about, but I'm going to start writing something down anyway. So... Yeah, uh, but I'm looking forward to going home to my girls and going on holiday. Although, is it a holiday if it's with the mother-in-law? I don't know. I don't know. No, we're going to Portugal to my other half's uh, home city of Lisbon. Uh, stay with the family there and then go down south to the beach for a while. So I'm looking forward to a break. I will not be thinking of jokes or any of that kind of shite. I'm going to be spending time with my daughter. That's it. So today's podcast uh, I got a, a brilliant time to hang out with one of my favourite comics. As I say in the podcast, I'm very jealous of this lad and his mates. They have their own little comedic gang. I'm just too old for that shit. But um, yeah, Michael Rice is a brilliant Irish stand-up comedian. Um, he's really... I, I've seen him quite... Do you know what? We did this podcast. We did an, an hour of this. And you might have to break it up for yourself to, to listen to it. But it was a fascinating conversation. And we didn't get into half of it, to be honest with you. So it was a great podcast. We sat up at the castle, uh, behind Edinburgh Castle, uh, on a Sunday morning and just had a chat. Uh, and it was great. Uh, Michael is a fantastic comedian. He runs Riff Raff Comedy Club. And more importantly, I should have got his fucking details now for his show. Because he is in Edinburgh for the whole month. So if you guys are in Edinburgh, you should be checking him out. But give me a second here now. I'm going to go on the old Instagram and see if I can find him. On here, uh, Big Mike Comedy, I think. is his in- There he is, yeah. Big Mike Comedy, 91. Um, now, here's him talking. Let's see if I can get this in. Oh, yeah. Here's the... Here's the- just actually finished reading a Samuel Beckett novel, oh, um, which is great. I to read such great literature. Get to the points. So from now on, I'm just going to stick to reading my favorite author, Roy Keane. <laughs> I can understand it's grudges. <laughs> in Edinburgh until the 24th every night at 7.30 in Subway doing my show The Best Boy in Ireland last festival run at that show and I can hear some of you being like oh Subway Mike what you making a few uh, uh-huh. sandwiches no, like, no you won't no, be making no, sandwiches Michael so yeah The Best Boy in Ireland is back at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival from the 3rd to the 24th of August Michael Rice The Best Boy in Ireland 3rd to the 24th of August every day half past 7 p.m. <laughs> In Subway, 69 Cowgate. Cowgate is the big street down there. And this is the final time he's going to be doing it. Highly recommend it. Um, the show's been going great for him. He's been filling out the uh, filling out the, the rooms. So you should definitely go down and see him. And you don't have to buy a ticket. It's, it's what, That's in the free fringe. So you go in uh, at that time, get your seat, and then you donate at the end what you think it's worth. So... I mean, a fiver at least is is appropriate, guys. At least the price of a pint. It's an hour-long, brilliant show. Anyway, there's a long old podcast ahead of you, but it's a great chat. Uh, Michael, we got really honest here about um, about, uh, growing up, where he grew up, growing up as a farmer. 
and uh, how does a farmer get to be a comedian? We didn't actually get down to that, but the different kind of battles that he had growing up with uh, with a farmer father and uh, the expectations that were put on him because of where he grew up and because of uh, the the nature of the way his family was. Um, and he talks interestingly a lot about, um, yeah, ball dropping. But anyway, <laughs> I'll leave you guys listen to it. Thanks so much for coming again, guys. I'm on Instagram at Hello Stevo. Uh, oh, there's a new website available as well, but I think I might change it before I tell you all where it is. But get onto my Instagram at Hello Stevo. Uh, like, subscribe. Please tell your mates about this and enjoy this brilliant conversation, mostly about the Edinburgh Fringe and the life of Michael Rice. Tell him it's recorded on a Sunday morning, right? So it's fine. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to ruin the illusion that, it's, that we're recording it live on a Wednesday morning. Yeah. We both sound sleepy. Yeah. I, I feel there's a there's um, a lack of a lack of positive energy. That I'm <laughs> hoping will <laughs> no. uh, by the know. end of this podcast, yeah. we'll be feeling much more positive about life. Yeah. Well, it was, like I mean, I've just finished my run at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which like everyone's just laughing at me. To be honest, because <laughs> I've done I've done four nights and I'm like fucking exhausted. Like you're in for that. So we've just finished the first weekend. Yeah. Have you? Did you start last night or? Uh yeah. Last night was my first night. So, yeah. F- so the first Saturday of the Fringe was your first night. Yeah. How was yeah. the show? Good. Good. Yeah. I had about yeah. It was full and uh, the show went well and everything. But sure, it's like Anton. Like it, as soon as you come off, you're like. I know I'm I, I know myself I'm like ah that needs to be different or blah 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 this yeah. and that and the other and I'm trying out a new look at the moment as well on, on a stage. new look yeah is that what I saw yesterday yeah I, well no no I I, I gone no. gone again I, I I would just wear it for the stage I have these bright red sweatpants like a black oh. t-shirt I don't know I've seen it you wore a Vodafone I wore a Vodafone yeah 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 yeah, yeah. very uh, very figure hugging very figure yeah. <laughs> Well, I think you're kind of alluding to that. You can maybe see my penis through the pants. I didn't. I wasn't saying that at all. <laughs> but I think that's what you were saying. I think they're a lovely pair of budgie smugglers. But um, they they are <laughs> they're nice. But anyway, my whole thing is to um, yeah, I don't know, be more deliberate with how I look, okay. or just have a look, or yeah. have a kind of a, a bloody look. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Do you know how do you, so? Like, do you do you see yourself as having because yourself? So so for people who don't know, Michael Rice is part of. The Riff Raff Comedy crew, which is, I kind of think, is, I, I'm totally jealous of you guys. I wish I was, like, right. five or six years younger like, <laughs> to, be, to be in that gang. Like, it's a great gang, like, do you know well, what I mean? Well, Brian Gallagher's in the gang, and he's older than He's you very are. old, He's yeah. very old. Brian Gallagher's very old. God, he's wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, that's true, yeah, as well. But it started off with you, Ushin, and, and uh, John. It which started off very... with me and Ushin first. We did oh, right. uh, a tour. Of oh, right. A very ambitious tour. Hence the logo using the suitcase. Yeah, using ah. uh, using the suitcase. And uh, the so we went around to different places and um, basically we just flyered in the show. No had a bloody So did you just we book are. venues in towns? Yeah. And, right. And yeah, we would go around and then we would flyer and do whatever. It went pretty well. Like, yeah. Uh, for the most part. Like if you, you know, like if you have the will and energy for Anton, I think you can make... You can just make things work, like. 
That's tr- so how many places uh, around Ireland did you do? I don't know. I think we did maybe six or seven. Right. Six or seven. Uh, anyway, we did and we called it Riff. Uh, with the whole thing, Oshin had a thing at the time where he's like, we're going to change the narrative was his, uh, he likes the word narrative. <laughs> <laughs> and he says it a lot. Uh, so it changed narrative. So he wanted like, well, put ourselves on the map. We don't need to, to wait for anyone to, we don't need to wait for Johnny Carson to come and yeah. tell us to come over to the couch. Because he's dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was a big issue was yeah, that yeah. Harrison was dead <laughs> so we were kind of waiting around for nothing uh, so yeah we did our own tour and we called it Riff Raff and then so we, how was that received how was the audiences coming into those shows how did that work grand grand we just we would we would um, we would generally get one or two other people to come with us on it and someone would host it and then me and Oshin would do like half an hour each or something right and um uh, yeah, like it was grand. Some of the shows, some of the shows were were grand, and um, some of the shows were bad. Yeah, right. Yeah, but like that, that, that's some some balls to do that to even come up with that idea and just go. We're going to stroll into town, <laughs> put on a show. Yeah, and uh, balls are. Yeah, I don't know if it was. Yeah, I don't know. It's stupidity. I don't know. Do you know what it is? It's like, it's like anything. You're you're never like prepare to do anything do you know you just yeah. put throw yourself into the deep end and and then you'll either sink or swim like yeah you just give yourself a situation where you have to do you give do you give did you get ever nervous about that because i love the i think that's what i'm jealous of actually is that the youth that you lads have you're like fuck it i'm just going to do it without even thinking about it right and you go and you do it and then when it's on like so you go we're going to whatever town say we're going to Tralee or whatever like right that. we've rented a room in a pub we're gonna put on a show we'll go flyering and then come like half seven before the Eight o'clock show. Are you yeah. guys like anxious as fuck? Well, or yeah. Don't care? Like in a way, no, no. You you would want to, to to go, but like also we were, you know, we were putting on the show for free as well. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Book a collection. At the yeah. End. Book a collection at the end. Like yeah. we're not making a penny off this, and um, we're both decent at flyering. Like Do you really know? good. Yeah. Like decent flyering. So. Um, so that's and that's it's a great thing if you are good at flyering, especially just if you're at this level. You know, if you haven't gone to the stage where people are, you know, paying to specifically see you, yeah. you can you can really like, you know, manifest anything. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? That's what Edinburgh is all about. Like, if you can, if you're a good flyer here, uh. as part of the free fringe, you can just you could fill your room. You can fill your room every day just through energy and force of will. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why when I see some people who are like, ah, how's your fringe going? Ah, not going good. You know, and they're sitting there drinking and they've been out the night before yeah. and you're just drinking every night and say like, well how many hours did you fly her today yeah, do you know what I mean yeah, you yeah. don't want to succeed enough yeah oh, I feel oh. very Tony Robbins <laughs> <laughs> Tony Robbins <laughs> get up 5am we have to tell people where we are by the way because it's a, it's a lovely location but it kind of also feels like people do heroin here doesn't it <laughs> it does feel very heroin-esque I feel like I feel like a life was lost here oh, recently yeah like. probably yeah it's yeah. we're up the, there's nettles right next to me. Look, yeah, <laughs> we're uh, we're up at the back of Edinburgh Castle, basically, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Yeah, this is actually it's very this is very um, picturesque. Yeah, I really lovely. feel um, that like there's a lot of greenery around us. Yeah, there, it's a, there, it's 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 very calm. There's a bloody old seagull, no bloody mountain seagull there they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're mad over here. Oh, it's starting to rain, but we're we're in the shelter. We're, we're under a tree. Yeah. yeah, it's very picturesque. Yeah, they um. Yeah, the the life. I, I was talking to a. To, did you ever talk to a Scientologist? No, uh, I did in the street on on Abbey Street where they did. Did you ever see that? No. Where they have they have like basically uh, old 
uh, empty tin cans of what were probably Heinz baked beans and they get you to hold this thing and it's, and it's a stress test. Right. And then the needle starts going, oh, you're very stressed. They're, they're very stressed. Yes, and I'd say most people are very stressed <laughs> yeah, exactly. according to their test. There's I no one like, I know you're grand now. I never forget no I was with a, there was a, at the same time I was watching it, they would pull over this African man and he held it and the needle starts bouncing <laughs> and your man goes, you're stressed, you better come in. And the African man goes, I am Christian, everyone is stressed. God makes me be stressed. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. He fucking walks on. It was brilliant. Yeah, good luck. So you've, you've, you've talked to Scientologists? No, I just I was in oh. London there recently and I was staying um, I was staying in an Airbnb with a guy named Mick. He was an old Kerry guy and I walked in and on my left was this uh, book Dianetics which is like their um, kind of Bible thing. And beside oh, is it, that the one that your man wrote? Big L. Ron. L. Ron, L- that's right. L. L- Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. Um, so, and then beside it were three DVDs and they were all Tom Cruise DVDs and they were all recent movies wow. like you know ones that you're like I can't believe they even made DVDs yeah. for that like all like 2017 2018 but your man somehow anyway got the DVD he doesn't anyway I would find out later he doesn't really trust the internet but uh, <laughs> so um, uh, so yeah anyway so do you know do you know when it's like you see something like that and I, I was there a few evenings with him I was just me and him I was like Astro Jizz I better I may as well ask him Mention about this it, whole yeah. thing so I was just like oh it's the crack there Mick he's the strangest man ever like he was just so thin and he was just like, just scandalously thin. He had this goatee, he was in his 50s, and he was from Kerry, but he had no inflection in his voice. And he just looked like he had been dead for quite some time. Jeez. And uh, But anyway, so he just starts, you know, telling me about the Scientology and all this. And I don't know. So he's a Scientologist? He's a Scientologist, yeah. And he thinks L. Ron Hubbard is a genius. He makes Albert Einstein look like a child. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he said. And... Uh, but anyway, I don't know if you know about the scientists. But anyway, apparently, anyway, the world is being um, controlled by aliens, extraterrestrials. Aliens, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Now, some of them are underground, Stephen. Some of them are kind of running the show from a different planet. <laughs> um, but end of story, they have their hands on everything. And what they have done is they've outsourced the day-to-day running of the Earth to a small cabal. He loved the word cabal. He couldn't get enough. He just he couldn't stress enough cabal. And it's nothing to do with a kebab shop at all. Well, nothing no, to do with no, nothing right. to do with um, kebab shops um, uh, whatsoever. But he's, so they've outsourced uh, the run of the country to a small cabal of humans who are like running the media and they're running the day. And um, it strongly felt he was hinting that it was they're, they're, they're in bed with the Jews. But oh, I didn't Jesus want to. I, did, I didn't want to. I didn't want to open that tin yeah, of worms. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> But it just came into my head because I was saying this place feels like maybe someone died here recently. Because they say if you die, so your soul is called a taten, if a you're taten, a Scientologist. Right. And when you die, your soul leaves your body and then it finds another body. Isn't another it? body. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it'll like swim into a baby or something, or do you know, like so it's, it feels like a soul left here, maybe. A soul left here. Yeah, exactly. And sure, they might hop into one of us now. One of us they, now. Yeah. Yeah. In the middle of this podcast. Yeah. Did you ever watch uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master? Uh, I did, yeah. Oh, what a! F- it's my favorite film. I it, watched it over is, and over. It's your favorite. Do you know the first time I watched it, I I didn't like it that much. Exactly the same. And exactly the, the same. And the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you watch it, it again, and you watch it again. You're like, holy fuck! And then I saw Philip Seymour Hoffman talking in an interview about it afterwards. Yeah. And he talked about the two main characters being either side of the heart. Right. You know, so like uh, the like Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, who was like essentially Elron Hubbard, yeah, uh, was like the all about the structure and you know this is the discipline and this is how we have to live life. And then uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character is chaos, right? And they are just so opposite that they're so attracted to to, to each other, but they can't be together. And it's like I was fascinating that, that metaphor oh, putting it like that. It really, it really was. Um 
amazing and just that Freddie like Freddie um, Quell Freddie Quell like say your name again Freddie Quell Freddie Quell <laughs> he just he couldn't stop he couldn't stop f- fucking up you know there was just a deep dysfunction yeah, in him yeah. to where this this you know as they would say in Scientology, they would call it the reactive mind. Yeah, You yeah, know, yeah. like where he just couldn't master himself. Yeah. Like, and just, do you know, these yeah, violent yeah. outbursts. He's like a, he's like, yeah, he's like a dog. It, it was, as they say in very Irish terms, like the devil in him, like he did, he had the fucking devil he in him. The devil in him for, for drinking, riding and, yeah, but, and, and then he was just so, and he was so and Making the drink. Making ah. the making the hooch. He's making the hooch, yeah. yeah. And he just, and then he gave, he gave a bit to Seymour Hoffman, but, and then he was just deeply, deeply lonely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was heartbroken. Yeah. That was a great film. I fucking love it. Yeah. Speaking of heartbreak, how many years is this for you at Edinburgh? <laughs> this is uh, second year. Second oh, year. Oh, so you're second? Yeah. Right, okay. I thought you, yeah. were, you, were, uh, you were doing it years and years and years. Yeah, do, do I, you have I, the energy I look, for it? I look wrecked. No, because you, 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 you seem to have the game down. Like, do you know what I mean? There's definitely a game to this, isn't there? Yeah, there is, yeah. yeah. Well, it's not even that I, the game down. I mean, if you do it one year, I think, if you're in any way tuned in you'll have the game because you just have to it's, it's again yeah. it's just it's just sinkers it's just sink or swim you know what I mean yeah. so you just learn I don't know I learned quick because I, I did it last year and, and it went well but like you showed, showed the, the best boy in Ireland doesn't the it? best boy in Ireland yeah. same show this year call it. same show this yeah. year with maybe like 15 call the same show, different yeah. minutes yeah. yeah something like that and you were doing because I was, I was following you on social media last year like you were getting full houses and everything like it was great yeah yeah no there's full, full I was full every day now there's a couple reasons that the, the name is is um, is good for getting people in having Ireland in the name in general is good the poster Dwayne Dugan did the poster and it was just it's just very clear do you know what I mean that's a big thing about Edinburgh I think about marketing the shows is just people need to know from a snapshot get a feeling of either the humour or of what the show straight of, of what the show is about yeah for people who are listening now who haven't a fucking clue of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival at all which I know there's there is definitely people like, how would you describe it like it's it's madness it's the biggest Fringe Festival in the world yeah a Fringe means basically live performance doesn't it everything live performance street performance yeah theater. like so yeah it's just I don't know it's like you're saying with your man, it's it's just like it's just chaos. There's a million. It's just like it's just just fucking dreams everywhere. Just young yeah. people with energy and I'm gonna be famous and we're gonna we're gonna and then just you, you see the dreams slipping out. There's the <laughs> misery. There's just the sadness of people, you know, realizing. Do you know what? I don't have any talent. Yeah. Or- and- <laughs> <laughs> and Brian Gallagher being the main <laughs> <laughs> poor Brian, he's here, isn't he? Uh, he's here as well, isn't he? Brian, yeah, yeah. Brian, yeah. he's a show. Um, Is he doing a split show again with Anna Banana? He's not doing no, a split no, show with yeah. Anna Banana. No, they had a they just like Lennon and McCartney. Yeah, oh, uh, they, they, they split up. Yeah, controversial. Um, and Brian's doing his own show, and she's doing her own show called Bananas. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. So don't. Uh, yeah, she's not. She's not uh, straying too far from the path. <laughs> um, or the, the the well that is her name. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it, it's just it's just it's just me. I think five hundred thousand people come here. Or it's something. that much is it? Yeah. yeah, fucking hell. For the fringe and, and some, uh, what's that? There's a ridiculous. There's a couple of thousand shows on a day and stuff like that, isn't there? There's uh, Jesus. I'd say there's uh, 
Yeah, something like that. Too many. Something crazy like that. Yeah. And, and so when you're walking around the street, there's, a, there's the old town of Edinburgh, which is where most of the fringe happens. Yeah. And oh, it does happen in other places as well, but kind of the bulk of it is in the old town. And what you get when you're walking down the streets is people handing you flyers everywhere. The game yeah. is get punters into your show because as I said there's thousands of show on a day yeah. so you're out there with your flyers yeah. and you have to have a good flyer-er as in the person yeah. who's handing out the flyers yes. to get people into the show but also right. you have to have a good design or something that's click straight yeah. away immediately with yeah. people yeah isn't it oh yeah or just something that's just clear it's like it's you know like this is like mine's the best so it says the best point in Ireland so immediately they're like Ireland he's a boy the word best is there you know even subconsciously it's a very Irish phrase as well isn't it kind yeah the best boy in Ireland yeah yeah and that's how that used to call me so and then so that's all put together and then it's like who you have flying for you like yeah. you know like someone has to be motivated so last year myself and my friend John Splan who runs Riff Raff with me and an American guy Dave Marr we were all in the same venue and we were all at different times um, like chronologically so what we would all do is we would all flyer for each other Brilliant. we'd do the door for each other we'd do this and because we're all doing it for each other there was a motivation that we would do it well and we were friends yeah yeah so you, you, the energy was there and, and it ended up then we, we all did like very well but the thing is if, if you're hiring flyers like you know these uh, hired guns you know yeah. they have no skin in the game a lot yeah, of times yeah, you know yeah. they'll just be like oh free comedy so people are actually come. making money over here getting paid as flyers yeah just so people know like about 10 or 12 an hour or something like that I think it? they're getting uh, yeah they're kind of now I'm paying this I have a guy in I'm paying him I'm paying him 15 just 15 yeah because but he's only doing one hour a day is he he's, he's doing one hour a day and yeah. I, I give him 15 for the hour and I and well I told him like yeah, we'll get 15 and, you know, like, just, you know, do, I'll give you 15, just do a good job. Yeah. Do you know? Because like, I don't mind paying an extra. As you were saying that yesterday, yeah. Yeah, if he gets one extra person in by being a good flyer, that's that extra fiver. Yeah. Paid yeah. for. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Um, sure. And, like, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like the, the, the carrot or the, the stick, you know? Mm. Feed him with the carrot. Mm. I don't know how that analogy, I'm not sure. Something about, yeah, if you put the carrot out in front of him, he'll run after it faster. Right, right. Or, do you know, if And you, then give him the carrot after the hour. Or, yeah, or if you make people, <laughs> give people a reason to be loyal to you, like, yeah. by being very sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's and just true. giving them a bit more, like, yeah. do you know? Because everyone's just, the bare 10 an hour, so people aren't going, they don't, they don't know you, they're not going to give a shit about you, but if you say, here, look, I'll give you, I'll give you an extra few pounds and be nice to them, then they'll, they'll want to do yeah, yeah. well for you. And was last night's show, like, mostly Irish people, or what, what happened? There was, um, you get a lot of Irish people over here, don't you? Yeah, I get a good few Irish people, and uh, and I had, did the show in Parton as a lot of Irish. Uh, yeah, about I'd say maybe maybe half Irish last night. Now last year at the start, like it was just everyone kind of people, but as the kind of time goes on, it's generally like do you know, and it's not. I think the I think the show is is grand for everyone, but you know, particularly if you're Irish, it, yeah, you yeah. know, like it's a lot of it's gonna yeah, it'll resonate fly like with you. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, People, yeah. there's uh, an understanding of the the misery. Do you know? There's a good bit about my dad and like just how just a miserable old crater he is. <laughs> So your dad, your dad's a dairy farmer, is he? Yeah. Yeah, down in Kilkenny. Yeah. So that's where you grew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, just outside Kilkenny City, is it? Just about, yeah, about like five minute drive outside Kilkenny City, and uh, yeah, that's the that was the um, whole life growing up, just um, milking cows, and you're being groomed to take over the farm. So know, how many was in your family? Your, your mom and your dad, and then your brothers. My and sisters? dad, and then three brothers. 
three. So it was all 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 boys. All boys. boys. All boys. Yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah. that everyone was getting groomed. To everyone is in with a shot, except that the youngest lad really like was kind of like ah, and he wasn't he wasn't much for working. And he was waiting for everyone else to die. So and he was, yeah, he had a lot. Like, he was Prince Harry. Do you know, like, yeah, it's like yeah. he's just, you know. Where are you Where are you in the pecking order? I was second. Right. Okay. Right. I was second, but my older brother's just a year older, so we were yeah. kind of a pair. Okay. Patrick and Michael were kind of in the one bracket. Like, Irish twins. Do you know, yeah, Irish twins. Yeah. So we were, do you know, we would have started, we would have started milking together and uh, we were coming up together now. I was uh, I was a better I was a better worker I'll tell you that okay than Pan now this is something he would still deny right um, he is in deep deep so still, denial so, so this is still a competition between you I wouldn't say it's currently a competition but if the subject got up I'd say let <clears throat> listen let's call a spade a spade Mike was putting in the graft you were kind of you were pottering around mainly right a lot of pottering a lot of dossing right you know what I mean he loved he loved championship manager. Oh yeah, did yeah. You play, well, good I'd say game. You played that. Did uh, you? I, I had and we had a PC uh, in uh, the house I was living in Cork, and uh, we I think I had Championship Manager ninety seven. So I think this is before I got. I think it's quite fancy now. And right, why is you now? I will be thirty four in October. Jesus, yeah. you're very good looking, <laughs> aren't you? I don't think so. Ah, no. would you stop? I think Irish people think I'm good looking because ah. I have a bit of a different colouring. Like I, I know, <laughs> and you do talk about that on stage, and that certainly does. That <laughs> certainly does. That uh, like I do look at you now, and I'm like, God, he's lovely now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! And that girl then that you talk about in the show where you were rubbing the bellies—that was great. Now, yeah, that was also oh, Michael came to my show the other night. Yeah, uh, the son of a preacher man, and yeah, that was well. That is how it started. Yeah, that's how. Um, yeah, I can't reveal on the podcast don't. or in the show. The don't. real identity or what actually happened, I'll tell you off the podcast. Right. I was telling punters yesterday after and they're like they were like, That is way funnier, but I'm like, I can't fucking tell that on stage. Like, God, I thought I thought you it was give great. Away identities. I want to rub my be- rub bellies. Lift up your t shirt, show your belly, and I'm like, What the fuck's going on? Come in a bit closer and we rub our bellies together. I remember that. I remember when that happened. That is brilliant. So she knew exactly what she was at, did she? Yeah, I was taken advantage of by an older woman. I was 12, she was 14, the bitch. No, Jesus. <laughs> no, she was probably 13. Yeah. yeah, in hindsight now, I am kind of thinking, how the fuck did she know all that? But anyway. Right. <laughs> and it, how, exactly, yeah, but she knew she knew the belly rubbing would get you, she, it, it'd, it'd get you off to the races. Like. Yeah. <laughs> she knew she knew the buttons to press. Wake the budgie up. Yeah, she, yeah. I'd say they were, they were on the council estate there. They were probably absolutely drooling over you, were they? Uh, well, I do. I one of my very uh, vivid memories is of I I don't know if it was uh, either Kira or Sandra, one of the girls, had written on her trainer on her on on her runner like yeah in black biro yeah. Mull- Mullen is a fla. <laughs> <laughs> and fla just so I remember means that. Your, your and I me- and I do remember being very young. My dad used to organise um uh, like what was called activity week for the whole. Neighborhood because yeah. nobody went. To, nobody had money to be going on holidays, so they used to always organise an activity week, right? Where a bus would come in every day, and one day we go to the caves, or one day we go to the woods, and, and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the activity week, there was a disco, you know. Yeah. And uh, I remember, I remember. This is so. This is before my age of when you come of age as a boy and that you're ready for shifts and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Like you're fucking, you're, you're straight in. Right. Yeah. But this is before I was ready for all that. Right. And I was really intimidated because like they'd be coming up telling me like, Kira thinks this about your Sandra <laughs> thinks this about your brother. And sure, I don't know what to fucking scared. do at all. Yeah, scared shitless like yeah. of them as well. And you don't fuck with them like they were. No, no, no. Fuck, like. These these are not these are not women to turn down. No, they were. Um, I I forgot to say the joke last night actually, but the joke I love uh, is. Uh, 
they would laugh and those girls were so tough that they would laugh in the face of feminism today. They'd, yeah. like, they'd be like, equality, why the fuck would I want to take a step down? Like, yeah. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, awesome. they were the gaffers. And the mothers were the... The mothers in that neighbourhood were the, were the, the strong mo- I say even characters. I'd say even, the, even the, the, the mothers might have had a little tickle when they saw you. <laughs> there was definitely there was definite interest in me. I do remember that. Right. Because my, my brother and sister were like a little bit younger than me as well. So I was the only one in our family that was going out and playing right. in the neighbourhood. Yeah. The other two didn't really. And they had friends from the school that they went to. So they didn't really hang out in the neighbourhood. And I did. Yeah. So, I mean, the majority of my... Hang- cat. Yeah. But the majority of my hanging out was with... Uh, the lads from next door and I played football most of the time right. so that was my thing So, yeah. but there was times then when just before we left Cork that I was starting to hang out with the girls and all that but I do remember especially activity week when I was too young for all that stuff yeah. that I was getting a, a bit of attention here and there and so, it was weird so tell me this now you were 12 years old like were you did, when had I had your, sex yeah. you had your balls dropped like are you like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Really? Yeah, so yeah. you were flying in that regard. That's on Jesus. You're lucky. So you hit puberty early, like. I don't know. Is that early? That I is very. Know. My my balls didn't drop till I was sixteen. Ah, well, I mean, I think. But that's, that was that's very, very late. late. <laughs> that was very very late. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, I don't it's remember. A yeah, I, I remember. I remember the the first the first thing I remember was like hair coming. Like and I'm like, that's right. all, that's all weird, isn't it? You know, yeah. like, what the fuck's going on well, here? Well, the, the the thing is, it's the most stressful time. Well, it's stressful for me because I had puberty so late. So I would literally be like reviewing the whole situation every single day. I'd be Jesus like, Christ, about fucking five hairs here. And then I'm like, if I'm in school now, and there's a big thing about jocking lads, so you go around and trousers. Fucking, oh, so you'd be trousers. fucking mortified. And now if someone if someone I don't, so I would have my shorts absolutely welded onto me. Like, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I would be like I would yeah, be yeah, fucking yeah. on edge, like no one. Cause and then and then I didn't have hair under my armpits either, so I remember like putting a bit of marker under there. I was so Kevin, Kevin McGarren just talks about that on stage as does well. Does he really? Yeah, yeah. That he was just uh, uh, that he used to shave his pubes off and try and stick them under. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a thing like it was just like it was really uh is the, the anxiety the whole thing I used to like yeah. try to get my thumb and like push my ball down. I was like I'll fucking oh my god force it to. Jesus Christ! Drop, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So does that mean that, that that you're not that into girls then up until that stage? Yeah, you, you really okay? Right? Yeah, yeah. Not really, like because you're not because the hormones developed. aren't huh? The hormones aren't the hormones aren't. Around, and I was so. then as well. Like my friends would have beards. I was a little child, and the right. voice hadn't dropped either. So I was like. You know, I was like, I was like, go and talk around. Well, lads, where are we going? And lads be like, what do you oh, fuck's sake, will you yeah. fucking have a smoke? <laughs> and then and then I ended up then getting in, you know, you get in situations. Because like, you're hanging around with lads and they're hanging out with girls. And then, like, you know, uh, you get yourself into situations with girls. And then before you're even ready, like, do you know? And right. It's very embarrassing, like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I get yeah, you. It was, yeah. Um, yeah, it was Jeez, not Jeez, I fun. didn't know lads went through that kind of stuff at all. I didn't... Well, so, it's well, also, sure, you it's were also off be... to the race. You were, you were <laughs> riding at 12, Mullen. Yeah, you know, but... The yeah. only other person I've heard... <laughs> the only other person I've heard about who rode the first person at 12 was fucking P. Diddy. P. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I heard uh, an interview talk about it. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, maybe. I mean, it was all on the fucking... Like, nobody knew about it. Like, do yeah. you know what I mean? It's all on the hush-hush. But, but that's why maybe men don't know that other men struggle with stuff like that when they're coming growing up because no, lads don't talk about it because with women they all talk women. about it like yeah because having their periods and and loads of stuff is changing and all that kind of yeah. stuff but like it's not a thing with lads ch- chatting at all no no jeez no but and at that time as well like and sure no one has the none of, no lads you could talk to have the you know would have the uh, emotional iq to no, to deal with it all. anyway like. no 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 do you know what i mean our language you wouldn't be talking to your dad about it anyway 
You wouldn't be talking to your father about it. No. You wouldn't be talking to him about anything, though. <laughs> so what's your dad like? What kind of a character is he? He's a, my, he's a farming man. Is it, it was his my, family farmers as well? Did he come from Yeah, farmers? he comes from... So, like, as my father would say and would tell us often, like, we come from land. Right. That we're, what says. Wow. We're landed people, like, and that's that's a, that's a thing. And we're kind of... To be honest with you, Steve, we'd be, we'd be better than you, like... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't be, and I, don't, I, I have no qualms about saying yeah, that. Yeah. No, like that's in his head. Like, but like he, it's more of I think he has an inferiority complex. Really, but he's always talking about from land. He would refer to himself on the farm as the Lord and Master, right? Lord and Master of the farm, with no irony or he's just <laughs> you know like there's no wow, and he's just like he's a man who's you know just deeply, deeply entrenched in um, misery. He's like an Irish. <laughs> He's like a sad Irish play manifested into a right. human being. Like, do you know yeah, the yeah. field? The bull. He's like a mixture the between bull the bull McCabe and the Bird O'Donnell, if you remember the right. field. Because like, he has a bit of a, a bit quirky of a, character bit of a, in him as well. A bit of a, just a, yeah, a bit of the you know, legion in him as well. The bird. But like, he's just the bird like, was annoying but funny, wasn't he? He was. He was actually, a small guy. One bull, the bull, the bull, the bull. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was real old sick of facts. the head off him as well. Yeah, you'd want to absolutely knock the stuff out of the bird. But so he's just generally like he's just like his whole way of communicating is true kind of guilt so if like if even when we were younger if he was to come in and you'd be watching tell you might be out playing soccer and he wants you to milk the cows he wouldn't just say here lads will you milk the cows he just drenches everything drenches everything in just misery and get, you just come here. What are you doing now? And you, and, and you know you're not supposed to be doing it. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose you wouldn't milk the few cows. Oh, right. And you'd hear him, you'd hear the. Before he even comes in. It's like yeah. the Dementors in Harry Potter. Do you know you feel the cold <laughs> before they come? Like, you just yeah, feel yeah, yeah. like you're coming. Yeah. Even to this day, if I feel that, like, just my chest just tenses up, like, you know. Fucking hell. So was he. so. So he so he tried to manipulate you by guilt and kind of kind well, of it's not even manipulate. Yeah, that's just the language. Well, like, yeah, right, okay. That's the language, and that's what his mother would have done to. Would he not have been fit? Like, cause my dad would have been physical with us, not huh? not, not not to get us to do something like. But we would have got yeah. disciplined physically. I'm sure he would have done all that as well. No, no? he wouldn't. No, because no, he didn't. He didn't even have that hands-on thing. He didn't right. really. He didn't really. Get, to be honest with you, he didn't really care what we did about other than once the farm work. Once was the done. farm was done, even when my mother would try to be like. You know, because my mother is very like, my mother because my mother comes from like a kind of very proper family, like right. And my father's, you know, <laughs> she'd be like, Michael, will you stop? And, <laughs> but she's like, like my mother, like my mother is like That's a good character. You do her on stage. That's a good character. Um, just for one little bit, like yeah. about her talking about my comedy. She doesn't like. The, the comedy, like, does she know, not? She, no, no. Like that's Jesus. one of the things she said. Like she said, you know, like I asked her to come to my gigs, and she said, actually, Mike, I won't. <laughs> 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 this is honest God wow. true she said because I've seen a clip of your comedy online and I didn't find it funny <laughs> I found it wow I, I'll be honest I found it more sad than anything Jesus Christ and I was like well why would be honest ma'am you make a shit apple tart oh <laughs> fucking the knives are out now yeah <laughs> and uh, but like that's how she talks and my mother's obsessed to table man. like she's like so the fork goes on the left and the knife is yeah. on the right and your side plate is on the left and you uh, you don't talk with your mouth full yeah. and you they, she had a million things and she was just her head was just <laughs> wired for table right, manners right. I don't know it's just her life so every like at 
the dinner table on a Sunday, just detention because my mother would just be staring at all of us. Everyone know? has to be doing everything Every, right. And, and, and it's she's just a family like, sitting there. Mike, don't eat with your mouth open for Christ's sake. And then we go, for fuck's sake, Betsy, will you leave me alone? She <laughs> <laughs> can't have one Sunday without you going on. I'm trying to discipline them because they need to learn for their way. <laughs> well, and then he'd be like, because my mother comes from a place called Barrier, that's uh, your people, uh, so you just come from an owl hill. Fucking hell. An right, owl well, hill so up in there. And you're trying to bring the owl, <laughs> the, the way of the hill down here. And, uh, <laughs> the way of the and, hill. And we don't want it. And we don't want <laughs> you know, And this is no, like, if you've even, like, Splan will tell you, he's met my, this is no, this is not exaggerated. That's what they're Love like. Fact, this is exactly. Um, what they're like so just just constant um just friction you woke up every morning just yeah because so my dad so we'd have the farm and then um and my mother was a bed manager in the hospital in like luke's hospital in kilkenny right which is good a good job like yeah. and, and she would have been working full time and then she would come home and she'd work on the farm like she would have to clean out calf houses and do all this shit it's like you know hard, a lot of work hard work you know and having kids as well four kids and having the four kids, and then she'd come in and she'd cook our dinner, she'd do that. And she'd be making sure we had all the opportunities as well. She'd be bringing us to hurling and soccer right. and like piano lessons and yeah. this and that, you know. She had herself ran into the uh, to the ground, like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then, you know, and then you'd still have the father just, just uh, Betsy, <laughs> sure you. And see, he would see, now this is another, like this is just his logic. Like he would see, yeah, sure, you're inside there in the hospital and sure, sure, that's not work at all. Oh, fucking hell. Sure, so in, that's his justification as to what he's doing versus uh, Yeah, sure, you're inside and it's warm and uh, yeah. you have your friends and you're chatting and you're <laughs> drinking your cups of tea and I'm out here. Like He, he sounds like he'd wreck the fucking cow's heads. He would, the cows would even be like, Jesus, you the cows committing suicide on mass. <laughs> Jumping into electric fences. Yeah. <laughs> we did actually have one time where a load of cows died. There was like this fucking like mercury or lead or something. Came oh, up no. Through. The grass, like some, a rub, they had dumped a load of rubbish uh, in a big hole from years ago and through like, I don't know, geography, like the silting or the soil or I don't yeah. know what they did. It's like mercury or lead came to the top and we had this case where we had like 17 cows died and we didn't know how they were dying. So it was Jesus. like, this this whole panic this, yeah it was this big it was like it felt like the, the world your, that it was it was like the apocalypse it's like your livelihood were, yeah cows dropping down yeah it almost felt like an eerie kind of a um, and you can't do anything with them either if I can you can't do anything with them Asher you'd kind of you'd, you'd, you'd kind of you'd get up and play and you'd stick things in their mouths but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'd have oh, your fun yeah. with them while they were still warm Jesus Christ uh so you're um so geez so that's someone bringing that that's amazing to hear that those kind of attitudes and and mental states from from right. Ireland of like you know they wouldn't have any connection to the big city or anything like that no or. and like because people say well because my dad was born in like nineteen fifty like he's a farmer from nineteen fifties Ireland so literally one of the Founding members of sadness you know what I mean <laughs> like just you know he was there to start yeah yeah <laughs> Do you know but he. Like she's an old man, oh, well, but he's he's on he's he's even before that time. Do you know right. what I mean? Like he's not even a man. He of was his old time. fashioned for for, he's, for those he's days. He's old fashioned for for that time. Yeah, like, yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. he, like we thought he was messing when we were growing up, but like do you know, because my little brother James, so he took over the farm, 
And all oh, right, uh, I was going to ask who. So what did your older brother do? Uh, Jim. So Pa now he's just after come back from Colombia. He just he kind of he went and he did business. He did, he didn't want to farm. Right. I was never going to farm. Like I said earlier, Pa yeah. wasn't much for the wasn't a grafter. wasn't a, wasn't a grafter. Now to this day, he will not accept that claim but it's well known in the family and if pat if you're listening listen get to grips with it you know <laughs> learn to love yourself for learn to you love are. yourself and you're, you're a, a businessman yeah yeah well that'd be i don't know if he's that either but he was in <laughs> colombia and he was teaching english and he was doing that he's just traveling he's been traveling for about seven years so he's kind of just all oh, right life right okay Riley. and then james my younger brother now he was grown up so he was just completely different to all of us. So there's three of us. And James is, I don't know if you've ever, like, just a sibling that just the wiring is just completely, we don't know how you're like this. He was a, he's a, he's a piano prodigy, right? right? He can play anything by ear. Like, he still makes a load of money, even though he's running the farm as well. Like, he, he plays weddings, funerals, and old women love me. Just, do, 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 do. Wow. So he's my mother's favorite because actually she loves classical music. So, yeah, like, yeah. he could do no wrong in her eyes. And then also, he was obsessed with uh, keys. Keys, just keys, like you know, like your keys car for keys, doors, keys for doors, and so even like growing up, he would have a key to every room in the house. He'd have key to the shed. He'd have key to the front door, the back door. This is, I swear to God, at like seven or eight years of oh age. Oh my God! Like wow, that's he, really interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, it was some kind of a, I think, like going back to some sort of a control thing. Right. But like he could, so he used to have a key to my room, and I didn't have a key to my room. <laughs> no, no, I swear to God, it's true. And he would, and he would use it to like discipline. Discipline was like right, like uh, this is after one day I woke up and went to get out uh, my bedroom door and it was locked, and I couldn't get out and I shouted out I said, I said hey what's going on out there? Someone locking the door and he was on the other side door and he just goes you shouldn't have eaten all the potatoes Mike, <laughs> they're supposed to be divided up equally. All you left was smoky bacon. They're a beggar's crisp, and well, you know it. Like, <laughs> I love smoky bacon. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be a fan. But <laughs> not, the Rices weren't fans of smoky bacon, so that was a dirty turn on my part. Right. But so he would do, just be obsessed with 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 keys, and and then like um, where. Uh, when we were when we were older, then like he like the farm. The farm was the control, you know, to to, yeah. to be in charge of the in, in charge of the farm. So even when you go home now, that's his fucking patch. That's his place now. And James would be kind of very, you know, he's he's a nice guy actually. And we get on. We when we were all younger, he was just he was a lunatic. He'd be throwing cups at people's heads. And <laughs> he just had a temper, like you know, right? You, okay, you know, and, and God, what's the age if you, you and him? I, by God, if you touched his keys, oh really? He would. For, like the knives would be out there the man was uh, sure he was out of his mind <laughs> but you know what I mean and he, and he always thought the rest was regits like right you know like he was the only one with a, a fucking with a bit of cop on and a scrap of common sense yeah. between all of us um, so he's 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 a good boy he's the best boy in Ireland in the, in the eyes of your mum and dad in, not in the eyes of my dad he doesn't I don't like any of us but uh, <laughs> in, the, in, the, the eyes of my, in the eyes of my mother yeah the mother right. would be loving I'd say my youngest brother is my father's favourite my okay. little brother John and what does he do He's an actor. Really? Yeah. Right, so two of you have gone down the artistic route. Yeah. Right, yeah. which is probably tough enough beginnings, like, as well. Like, Yeah, well, so we were both, we were very, we're very close, and we're always very close, me right. and my youngest brother, and we were, like, you know, always, like, big into movies, like, and, and comedies particularly, and we used to even do things where we would go upstairs, we would just have to sit across from each other, and we'd have to make each other laugh, like, it would just be a thing you'd have to do, like, and we right. would do impressions of my father, like, and my mother, like, we still do them, like, we made, like, we're always just doing them, like, and even our dogs, like, we, we make up characters for all our dogs, and we have voices for all our dogs, like, the, the yeah. in our, like, we have Queen Maud, 
one of our dogs in Queen Maud talks like this. No, that no. He talks like so we'd be chatting to Queen Maud all the time. So like <laughs> we kind of grew up like that, and he would do everything I do. So I was big into poker. He would come play poker with me. Right. Like, I was. Uh, you know, got really big into basketball for a while, like, and you know, I just get obsessed with, with, with things. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was always worried about comedy because I was like, is this just another thing I've been obsessed with and I'll move? Because I always then move on. I was me too, me too. Again. I've I've been, uh, and it's the only one. It's I think it's the thing I've stuck at longest now at yeah. this stage, which is uh, yeah. It's interesting, and I've never thought of giving it up. It's a weird thing, and it's the hardest of everything. But you never think of giving it up. It's weird. Well, isn't it? it's just it's it's Jesus to give it up now because even like there during the month of July, like I I at the start of July there I had um I went on um I had a bad um mushroom trip. I went on a mushroom trip. Oh, I know. Yeah. Fucking I and, yeah yeah. I know who that was with. Fucking old spin. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Well, we were going down deep into our subconscious. Right. David Scullion. Do you know David? I do. David. Thanks. Brought you up the mountains there for a wee trip. <laughs> and I, I found a, a, yoga I found a wee little toad. And I spoke to the toad, and he was quite shy. That is very good. Quite shy, this little toad. It's the way he finished. And he had had a little bit of some sort of a a grazing on his back there, and I I, I scraped it off, and and, and I ingested it myself, and very soon I I saw what the toad saw. And I... (laughs) Felt what the toad felt. Did he, so, was he? Did he do that up in the mountains, or this is just him? Oh, sure. Most of the things he yeah. does are up in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. when he's not in the mountains, he's in the mountains. So how was that? He's great so you, man. you, you had a, a bad trip. I just did. Yeah, I had an old, I had an old bad trip. I hope now this is not. I'm not. This is not going to affect your sponsors or whatever. No, but no, um, they haven't come on board yet. But <laughs> if anyone, anyone who sells mushrooms wants a sponsor, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you are Carrigan's mushrooms down below. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Rosin Street. Um, so yeah, I had a battle trip and um, or like John was great. But you were with other people. You were in a safe place we were, and all that kind of stuff. We were in a safe place of sorts. Like you know, that was that's how it was being branded anyway. And uh, you know, they're playing music and it was a ceremony. You're washing your hands and your face, and it was kind of felt like you're being indoctrinated into something. If I'm being honest. Yeah. And uh, you go up and you give your intention for the trip. So it was meant to be like one of these trips where you. You know, you should. and organize this. Is this the way? Huh? He, is is this his organ? He organized this. Yeah, right, okay. Be up to, Scullion would be up to all sorts. Jesus like. Christ, he is, isn't he? Yeah, he Fucking really hell. is. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and and you know, not much of it legal. No, yeah. uh, uh, no. But so, uh, Dave. So we we're we're doing this, and you you wash your face and hands, and you give your intention for the trip. And uh, so I did that, and uh, and we're all like, you know, like I want to solve this part of my life. It's all about, you know, it was meant to be a useful thing, so that yeah. you, that you're kind of open your brain, open your bit. brain, and get better perspective on something. So hopefully it will lead to a healing of some sort or whatever. You yeah. Know? And um, but anyway, then it was just great. Like we took a load, and there was this music, and it just went thring, and it was like I don't know if you've ever taken DMT, but it's just like you're going through time and space and different dimensions. Right. Okay. And you're not even yourself, and the visuals and the, the objects are melting into other objects. And I was just laughing, I was laughing, I was laughing hysterically. This is the best thing in the world. And I was this person, I was that person, I was a black woman for a while. I was wow. a black woman. I, and this is the second time. Oh, was that like? I do. It was wonderful. And I so. couldn't get enough of myself. And it was just me and these other like six or seven, we were in a room, six or seven other black women, and we were all sisters, but there was no men around, and we didn't need them. We didn't need him, right? You and know? it was actually John Spillane, and, and it was John. It was John Spillane. <laughs> it was seven John Spillans <laughs> in a row. Um, but uh, so you're in the room with all these. So yeah, you're you're we're flying, and I was there with some of my friends, and um, you know, uh, another fellow is uh, there, the Bish. 
Yeah, he he was around. Now I don't I don't I don't want to go too far into yeah, it because yeah, yeah. you know we're mentioning people's names here. But anyway, so I had a great time, and then then it then it just descended into darkness, and and just so much of everything in my life went into a negative spin, and it was like, you know, why are you doing? Comedy, it's like you know everyone. Oh, so that was the time. Everyone's then. laughing at you, and you, and you're, and you know, and it's sad. It's sad to be honest. All this sort of stuff, and then for the whole month of July, I was considering quitting. Like I was like after that know, trip, after the trip, yeah. And and what was the voice that was saying? It was it your own voice saying to you, "Why are you doing comedy?" Or do yeah. you think it was subconsciously your mother? I think there was a lot of Mike. This is just on. She uses words like uncouth. Uncouth. This is uncouth wow. and skullduggery. Wow, what skullduggery was a lot of the stuff. Right, we used dishes, and you're a you're a little cur. You're a, nothing better than a thug. So a because thug. of because of the mushroom trip, you were genuinely thinking of yeah, I've been and then I I had to keep like you know telling myself. Um, I just went through then a very like I just went through a rough few weeks like just mm. being like just riddled with anxiety like and. Uh, just like I was just like yeah do you know I didn't want to get on stage I was afraid really for the first time like Jesus Christ that mushroom trip did you get money back huh? <laughs> um, no, no but like just, you kind of go in you know yeah yeah you know that, that, could ha- that can happen you know, as well yeah that, that can happen would you do, would you do it again I don't think I'm going to do psychedelics again personally yeah. just because um, I've done them um, a fair bit yeah. like a, a decent amount of times I think I've got whatever I was going to get out of it yeah. in terms of enlightenment. Yeah. So at this stage, it's a case of diminishing returns with it. And also looking after your fucking mental looking, health on a daily after, basis. And, and that's just it. It's just looking after my mental health. Like yeah. it's just, That's why I came in. And I kind of knew before I did it, like I had a little bit of a bad feeling about it um, because I had been in a, a decent place. Um, but do you know what it is, though? It's like now that the smoke has cleared after it, I'm out the other side. I am better for, for have for the experience for the experience. Of Even one. if it was a bad one, yeah. yeah. And to have, and <coughs> I probably did force me to confront, you know, some some of the you know darker aspects of my life or things that I probably have been kind of running from. But for you know, at the time, that's very uncomfortable. Like to come yeah, up we used and to have come up and see and your face on. Yeah, to come up and, and just yeah. like what you think of yourself and stuff like that. Yeah, what well, think of yourself? Yeah, yeah, I always have bad, really terrible. Self worth or self confidence, yeah. You know? Just well, it's no fucking wonder from what from the sounds <laughs> of where you go, <laughs> the way your dad was going on. And stuff yeah, like well, like so, uh, yeah, it is. Well, that's it, and it's not my dad. It's not like it's his fault. Like his no, of father course was not. That's way, what he knew exactly. That's what, yeah. But and he's a lot better than his father was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was there. You know, yeah, he was yeah, always yeah, there. Like, yeah, but like, of course, yeah. So like when we were younger, you know, I I suppose like I always knew that he wanted us to be farmers. That's what he wanted us, and then so I knew I wasn't. You know, in your gut, you want to want to be that. So, and, and I could always feel, you know, a bit of a disappointment to him. Like, you yeah. Know? And he used to, you know, he would always be like, uh, you know, you're useless, <laughs> and you're not worth shooting. You know, man, <laughs> to wipe your t- and you're not worth shooting. You're not, worth, you're not worth the bullet it would take to wow. kill you. Um, fucking hell. But um, so, what was it? Because you obviously have feel that pressure when you're growing up, primary school, secondary school. Yeah. The pressure's on to be the farm. It must have been really bad on Pa, your older brother, because he's fucking really the one that's expected to take. Yeah, on. but he didn't seem. He just didn't seem to be as like I don't know if it's and it's not saying like I'm I'm very sensitive like yeah. as a person in general like to a, to a, to a point where it's like debilitating like yeah. all, you weren't my feelings yeah, yeah, yeah you know what I mean like I'm, I'm silly like that's a common thread that I don't think 
people fucking understand like comics will have is they're all highly sensitive uh, very sensitive I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I actually happily say that about every I don't think there's anyone I don't know that's not fucking sensitive right. you know what I mean just, yeah 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 um, the comedy is the armor like huh? you know, the, the, it's the, the armor you know the, the comedy the comedy is the armor like and it's like and there is also like if you can be self aware about your own sensitivity like it's funny like yeah 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 Do you know it's yeah. funny to be to to, to be honest about to, it. Yeah, and it's also funny to be like just to be a grown man and to and to be like you hurt my feelings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Such a, and it's such a childish thing, and but that's because it's coming from the child within you. Like, do you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like there is like when I was in uh, I was in therapy there for a while this year, and uh, do you know, and uh, I was talking to him about like different things, and I was like, do you know. I was telling him, you know, the whole thing, I was telling him about lack of self-confidence. I was like, just sometimes people say things, do things, and I just feel internally like my head drop. You know, just right. kind of like yeah, the head yeah. just kind of dropping a bit. And then he was like, you know, he's actually a German guy. <laughs> so he's like, and how, uh, you know, what age was this child inside you? Was it? And like when he said, at what age? And I thought about it, and it was like, went to that, the head drop. And it was like a seven or eight year old. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That is inside you. That there is that. I think you like you definitely forget when you look at like if I look at twelve at a twelve year old now and go that twelve year old had just had sex. You'd be going no 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 that's wrong. Good lord, that's wrong. That's gonna break that child. That's gonna fucking do you well, know. Well, like I, I was gonna say that to you earlier. Like, do you think that that the sex at twelve years old? Like, do you not did that? fuck you up at all like I, I think from a well like I talk about it in the show from the from a guilt point of view there was massive massive guilt that I don't think I've ever I've ever quite I didn't know what was going on for a start <laughs> so I didn't I genuinely didn't know bellies. that I was having sex or like do you know what I mean just, yeah you, but you kind of knew you weren't supposed to be doing a kind of a thing but it was just kind of this thing that you did and um and yeah, there was there was the guilt of that, and then and but it's funny that you talk about uh, the guilt of like not following your father's footsteps or or not, like it's the same kind of thing, really. You know, you feel like you're yeah. letting your father down because you're not a good Christian or right. you like the Christianity was all part like being part of the church and all that. That was part of our social lives. That was my parents' friends. That was our circle. That was the world that we had to live in. So yeah. we went to church. You know, we you know. You were you wanted to be seen to be hanging around with the right people. My friends were the people out in the street, you know, and, yeah. and that's always been the case. And I, I, when I came through the other side of the drug abuse and all that kind of stuff, I did go through a period where I was like, right now I have to go back to the church again. I started trying to go to church and all that again, which is mad when you think about it, you know, because I still had the, the, the right. deeper thing. Yeah. Rather than, like I get rid of all this fucking drug abuse and all the hell of of all that kind of stuff, and then the first thing I have to do is right now I have to go to church and and find a Christian girl. Yeah. And that, that was a big thing and all that and, and I. Go back to the place that maybe, in a way, to try start again. towards that. Yeah, stuff. To, 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 yeah, but all, but uh, yeah, but going back to the place where, like, uh, if I do this now, I can start again. You know, right? Uh, I can, you know, I can be a better person and, and try to have a Christian girlfriend. But then, for example, I went out with a few girls and stuff like that, and it was like the guilt of even going out with a girl at the time because long skirts on them. Uh, yeah, well, just also because like uh, you, you kind of feel dirty to them then. Right. Because we've been sleeping around and blah, blah, But actually, the rest of the world doesn't live with that guilt. Because yeah. that's just something that people do. We have sex with people and that's yeah. fine, you know. Well, it is um, It is something and I always I always had a hang-up. Always had a hang-up about sex. I always thought even... Because like, like when we were growing up, like it wasn't even, wasn't even taught to us. Like we didn't even get taught 
that you know do you know you, you will maybe end up having like sex with people and you know just yeah. be safe and this and that no, yeah, it was no. Just, you don't have sex till you're married yeah same as the guilt thing the guilt yeah, yeah. you don't have sex till you're married and I remember and I don't know how I got the idea in my head or someone had told it to, to, to me or what but just completely innocently I remember saying to my mother once I just went up to her and I just I was just like, I was like, does dad use condoms? <laughs> and my mother just goes, that's his own business. That's his own business? That's his own business. <laughs> <laughs> I just broke her. Like, she just <laughs> 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 Table manners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so she just said, no, like. Panicked. Yeah, and, you know, like, no one ever, they never talked to us at all about sex like there's no so you were never you never got an education about no, that ever no not like, in, so you I think, didn't get I think, in school I think there was a little bit in school but sure I wouldn't I would have been so used to not paying attention in there yeah, yeah. that nothing really that they they could come up with in there would resonate with me but um, so like they I remember they um, I actually remember the first time I, I actually kind of realised what intercourse was and it's embarrassingly old it's probably it's probably fucking 12 when you were bloody uh, well, you I, know, I, and I still knew as much back. as you to be honest with you uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I know what it's But I remember I was out dosing cattle. So, like, you'd have to go out to these fields and get ca- cattle in a crush, and you have to give them kind of medicine to make sure they don't get sick. Kind right. of thing. And uh, I was there, and there was a, a neighbor's child who lived close to these fields we were renting, and he would come down and help us and stuff. I think Kieran was his name. Like, he would just for fun, like, they, were, they weren't farmers. You know, it's nice little, you know, kids like animals. Yeah. But um, uh, he didn't like it then because we'd have to castrate him as well. And, geez, that's a hard thing for a child to watch. Jesus. But And I did that as well. Like, I think, you castrated? Yeah. Drowned Bulls. puppies as well. But anyway. Jesus um, Christ. But uh, and um, I will cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to know. I get it. That's the life of the farm. You have well, to it's like that. there's a Seamus P- Heaney poem called "Early Purges," which oh, is like, um, well, it's a great poem. But like the last line, it, it's about like, you know, it's about like kittens being drowned on the farm. And yeah. Seamus Heaney, the workman, he used to work on his farm, would be drowning poem, they're drowning the kittens and just throwing the bodies like out, out onto a dump, like the scraggy wee shits. That's what the, your man had called them, scraggy wee shits. He'd be just throwing them out the. Yeah. Fucking thing, but like the last line of the poem was on well kept farms, pests have to be kept down. Like that's, yeah. Um, and it is like just a harsh reality. Re- of, it is a reality, yeah. Do you know, yeah. like, but like, do you know, when people like, do you know, it's just it's, people get under high, can get under high horses about this, terrible, like, and do you know, and it's like, well, you're fucking eating a burger there, like, so do you know, where yeah, do you think yeah, that's coming yeah. from? Do you think, how do you think cows are? Slaughtered like that's the, you know, the millennials of the mean? fucking Instagram world and yeah. all that. The high horse on your social media and Twitter and all that. Yeah, yeah. Go, go work a day on the farm. Go go work a, go work a day in a farm. Go have to make a living in the countryside. Like you know, like yeah. it's very, you know, easy coming from um, their spot. Um, but before I got caught on that on the farm, where was that? You're a Seamus Heaney poem. So it's Sh- yeah. Before the, that, killing things in the farm, and we were talking about stuff that you were feeling guilty about and sex and. Right, right. Well, um, yeah, the sex. So, yeah, my mother, um, my mother said that. And so my mother would just, so what my mother uh, would do is she would just, uh, oh, no, so I was telling you how I first learned about sex. So, yeah, we yeah. were out dosing cattle. And um, we had just been told it's when a man loves a woman. Yeah. That was it. And then I just remember a guy making this, he's eight years old, and somehow sex came up, and sure, I, thought, I, I thought I'd pipe in with my, Ashley, Ashley, I know all about that shirts and uh, the, the man loves the woman and sure, we all know, we know the rest ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we, we don't. couldn't have known <laughs> at all. And then just the young lad just made the circle with his hand <laughs> and, the and just started pointing and he just said, Willie, Fanny. And then he just started pointing it in and out and that was the first time I always remembered and just been like, 
I don't know. I think that lad's I don't mad. know about that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. I think that young lad's after. I think he's after <laughs> dr- drinking a bit of petrol or something. <laughs> uh, but uh, and then like I always just thought that you know like sex was bad, and I don't know how it got in my head. And then because I of how late I hit puberty, and like I had been in kind of situations before I was ready, I just got like awful negative connotations towards it. Like and it was just avoided it for years, yeah. like, and was just like it was. Um, just a very kind of like just a traumatizing thing and I always thought of it as something I don't know why or how it was being perceived to me I always thought sex as something that was being done to a woman oh. as opposed to like it was almost as uh, a relationship thing two people to making like love two people yeah. um, making love or doing yeah. something together it always yeah, felt yeah. and I don't know if that was also due to like you know it's representation in the media and like kind of porn and stuff like that yeah. or or, you know? or the fact that you're you're from land, you know. That. And the <laughs> <laughs> you're, yeah. Is there backward people? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I know we are. Yeah, we're we're thick fuckers. Like, and what, so when when you how did you go end up in stand up? That's because we we have to ramp up now. But like, right. How do you get to to where you are today? Like, oh. cause you're still a young man. You're twenty. Right. I'm twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah. So you're still like you're. Yeah. Relatively. So, so you finished school about 10 years ago? I finished school 10 years ago. I, well, so we'll do the, the chronology of the whole thing. I went and I did um, a degree in commerce in UCD, like just business, like, and it's just, just based. You're doing it. Once UCD, you finish, Jesus Christ, there's another person in UCD. The whole fucking industry is built on UCD, isn't it? Um, I, I, I wasn't. The entertainment industry, I'm saying, sorry, no. Like the, the amount of agents and fucking right. people, comedians, actors. Yeah. Ah, that UCD Dramsock in particular seems to have gotten people together. Were you right. involved with that? Were you? No, be jizz. I wasn't. No, no. I wasn't let, like because that was that was the thing. So I went and I I always wanted to do um, acting. I always wanted. Right. To, I loved movies and stuff and I wanted to do acting. But I was also big into sport. Like I was, um, I was um, loved hurling and soccer. Like I was huge in sport. Go Kilkenny man, it. huh? Go Kilkenny man. What, yeah. what position were you in hurling? I was half back. I would play right. half back, yeah. Right. And uh, like I played You're senior good then. for Kieran's College, like the. Oh, early, I played against like, Kieran's College when I yeah. was with Declan's in Carbra in Dublin. We had a Michael Carton who's played for Dublin for years, then the Brogan. You played and all soccer that. against him. Was no, it? I played hurling with you them. Hurling, yeah, I played hurling. I played very briefly Dublin minor. Yeah. 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 So we uh, Dublin minor hurling. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. Steve, yeah. you're you're a talented. Old Fecker, uh, but um, yeah. So I I played like so. Then I just didn't. Want I was to a fullback now, like so. I was kind of more good at stopping people getting by. <laughs> I wasn't. I was. I'm way better at football now, at soccer than I would be at, in at terms hurling, of skill. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You could be I wouldn't effective. have. I, I wouldn't have been the skillfulest hurler yeah. at all now. Yeah, you're just effective to yeah, athleticism. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of similar. I probably had more skill when it came to soccer. But um, what you know what fucked me over because I didn't hit puberty till I was like 16. I ended up like a lot of my time from like 12 to that age. I was really undersized. And under muscled like right. against people, so you would have been playing corner forward and all that kind of huh? stuff. Then would you? Just pl- I would have been playing like half back, corner back, because like, I was still good. Yeah. But like I just could have been you a lot developed. better. Like yeah. I didn't grow. Like I was very small. Like I'm six one now, but I didn't grow. T- I didn't grow six one until nineteen twenty, and that's wow. when I was getting out of sport. So yeah. like I, I lost. I never just peaked got at the wrong stage. Yeah. I never got my. So did you start wrapping it up then? Because you probably, you probably could have been playing. You could have been playing county now, like you know. I couldn't have been playing. I couldn't no. play county. I held the hurl. I held the hurl wrong. I did. It 
wrong. I held left the hand grip. on top. It was like the golf grip. Yeah. And it should have been bet out of me when I was younger, but the, the hurling managers dropped the ball in Lachlan Gales where I was. They should have told me, like, right off the bat, they should have told me. And my mother and father weren't into hurling, so they should have had me. They should have known the second I picked up a hurl to, Do it the other way to, around. to train the mind the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, so but the point was, though, like, so I was into sport, and, and do you know what? I was popular in secondary school, and, like, I had friends and stuff and there's a great line uh, a movie Roger Ebert um, has which was that if you're um, popular in secondary school a lot of people are popular in secondary school never find out who they really are because they get used to that feeling of being liked and then they, they just keep acting in a way that will continue to perpetuate that feeling so you yeah. continue to be like so you don't want to rock the boat so I didn't want to go like oh go join the theatre like it's like oh, the lads will say I'm gay like yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, and it's know? like that's the opposite of you do have to basically. It's sad to say, but you basically have to shut off your sports self in order to be able to go on and do the. Uh, like I remember, right. I started. I was I was playing Leinster Senior League uh, football soccer. Yeah, in my early twenties, and I started with the band, and that was just like he's missing training because he's at band practice. What the fuck is going on? And you just had to start playing football. And at that stage, I've been playing football since I was seven. Yeah, at a high level, I'd done a bit of League of Ireland a lot. I knew I wasn't going to be playing for Arsenal or whatever. Yeah. So then it was just like you start to have other interests, and it's not accepted by the sporting community. No. So then it's like it's just too much of a clash. Yeah. And so that becomes the end of it. You know. There is. It's funny though, like, because really, and I and I love, I jeez, I like, I love comedy, but there is nothing like the the feeling in sport. Oh yeah. When you're with a team of players that worked hard and you win something, just the, it's true like the physical exertion yeah. and the, and it's a context in in modern day life like where where you can be brave like and yeah. you can be a courageous. Be, feel you, like you're a warrior. Yeah, in some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, can yeah. display Put your body on the line. Display like. your courage like yeah. and you can you know and there's just something magical about yeah. that like when you win like that just you know that fist pump like what the absolutely yeah. And, yeah. Uh, the, and do you have any? Oh, I do, do miss that. Do you do that any of it at all? Nothing. Anymore. I went back playing, you know, I went back playing seven aside um last year and then ended up doing my ankle. But even when I when I went back and started playing again, I couldn't believe it. I was like, why have I not been doing this whole time? Like I yeah. fucking love this. But it's and, a mental block as well. I didn't yeah. do it for years as well and now I play and I yeah. enjoy it now. And, and it's not just and it's not just um it's not just that uh it's not just for the sport it's actually good for your creativity like it actually oh, leads yeah. into the other stuff like after I played the first time I went back like I was just my mind was better like I was team better because I'd been invigorated by something yeah, yeah. and immediately you're just you're more alive like and it's like I don't know personally I'm just a very competitive person like and yeah. I just need you know I need for someone to be losing and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's um, uh, I know I how know come you're not playing, how come you're not playing on the Tuesday game because I'd hurt my ankle and then I had acting classes on Tuesday night. Ah, why are you doing that? Um, oh, we love to say It's called the Actors Workshop. This guy, Carl Argues, his name, but he's just kind of, it was just great. Do you know It's just handy. He would just give you, he would let you pick out movie scenes and he's like, you pick a partner, you learn scene, you come in, you do the scene. He didn't, in on, which I loved, like, because he could just go and I was like reading like Meisner and this kind of stuff yeah, myself. Yeah. So I was learning on my own time and implying it myself but I'd been to an acting class like the year before and it was just like this thing of just like release your body and blah, blah. and like I was there two classes and we didn't do one bit of script stuff Yeah, like, to, and I just wanted to do scenes and I was just like I, I just stopped like I was like do you know what like I get it what we're doing but at the same time like you would have been great in the factory back then. It's I gone now that it's turned into Bow Street Acting Academy now, but the factory started years ago where there was an actor's studio and everything. Yeah. We used to meet up and shoot scenes all the time. Yeah. 
Ah, oh, fucking, it was the best. It's brilliant, yeah. But I, I look forward to seeing you. You, you'd, you'd be great on screen, man. You would be. I would like. I would like to. I would like to do a lot of that. This year now, coming now, I'm going to. Once I'm going to like really um, focus back, like focus on it, um, or like just you know, getting. So it's just like you know yourself, like, and you have it. I know you. You acted with Druid. Um, uh, so you've worked professionally, but like, do you know, and it's in this game you can't have enough um, strings to your bow. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think th- there is a little bit at the start where you think, oh, I'm going to get pigeonholed, and you know, yeah. in the same way that we would have if we were the sports guy or the music guy or the acting guy. Right. Those things never cross over. But in this game, I think, it, it, with regards to entertainment, yeah, if you have a couple of strings to your bow, how bad? Do you know what I mean? Well, well, even like now, like like even this. Like even you know like broadcasting or you yeah, know yeah. learning learning how to you know to to interview and I'm sure like even today like that I don't even notice you're implying uh, techniques or you know tricks. I wouldn't know scheming. myself, Michael. To be honest, <laughs> I learn. I'm very much a person. I don't know if you're the same. I learn by doing. That's all. I just enjoy podcast. I've always I've enjoyed listening to podcasts for years. Me uh, and then me too. and then gone. I can fucking do that. Like yeah. And uh, and then I like people. That's a big thing. Yeah. So sitting down and having conversation, I always enjoy. And it's a great context for. Oh it, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. Just and I'm not great in social situations. Whereas like last night there was a party for the agency and all there was fucking hundreds of people around by the end of it from all sorts of right. places and all. That. I I don't. F- I has Garold Garold Farley be laughing at me as I quote from uh, what's her name something Kane and her book called Quiet. I don't thrive in those environments. Right. <laughs> and I don't because I need to be able to see you and talk to you. And yeah. All. But if there's all that blah, 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 all around, I never... Well, because it, it has to be kind of... It, it's kind of like kind of... It's it's kind of short, bubbly. Yeah. Um, shallow. Yeah. Uh, not not that there's anything wrong with that. And no, it's just an, it's another to, level it's of communication that I'm just not good at. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's yeah. fine. Anyway, we're gonna have to. We've run out of time, man. It was so great no to chat you. We have to plug your show because this will go up on Wednesday. So uh, yeah. Michael is here for the whole of August. If you know anybody who's at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, you gotta go see the best boy in Ireland. The, yeah, best boy in Ireland. Yeah. Where's it on, Michael? The Subway. A place called Subway. Everyone is hanging on him, giving serving out meatball marinaras. No, <laughs> Mike. Nothing to no, do nothing with the to sandwiches. Do with the sandwiches. Um, but uh, yeah, so at seven thirty there, it's like night. Seven thirty nice subway. Yeah. So, uh, so if Free they put in. that in Google, Google Maps, yeah, whatever they'll find. They'll su- find subway. It. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. what's your Instagram? Uh, Big Mike Comedy ninety one. Big Mike Gosh, Comedy ninety one on, on Instagram. And don't forget that Riff Raff Comedy is it still going yeah, on a Wednesday? This Wednesday, every Wednesday at eight thirty, Chelsea Drugstore. This is store. back in Dublin in the Chelsea yeah. Drugstore every Wednesday. Yeah. It's one of my. I, that's definitely up there my favourite venues to play in Dublin for sure yeah. it's great to play always a full room great crack Chelsea Drugstore what's 7 o'clock 8 o'clock uh, 8.30 8.30 yeah and you'll be out flying there'll be people out flying who's There's looking after secret her now here. we have Oshin Hanlon so really the <laughs> inmates are running the asylum <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great that's great yeah. so every Wednesday in Dublin guys Chelsea Drugstore yeah. which is on Georgia Street Georgia Street Georgia yeah. Street um, Half 8 great show down in the basement there always a bit of crack Mike thanks so much man no bother absolute thanks, pleasure enjoyed it Hey 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.